You're listening to Around Comics, episode 253, brought to you by InStockTrades.com. You belong to the game, and you say you Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast, where each week our revolving panel guests talk about everything in and around the world of comic books and comics culture. And Around Comics is recorded at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you're in the area, just like all of these folks, hey, yeah. drop on by. We have Don't people, be shy, ladies. We have people from Canada. We have people from... Nah, I don't know where you're from. Uh, we have people okay. from. It is, an, it is a multinational show tonight. So yeah. uh, I'm Christopher Neesman. Let me get you introduced to this week's panel. First of all, as always, is uh, the host of Tom versus the Flash, among other uh, other things, Mr. Tom Caters. Uh, I have nowhere else to be on a Friday. You know what I bad? did the last couple of Fridays? I'm so I'm so excited. I I just kind of sat at home. <laughs> Sat at home and talked about comic books with, with my wife, and she was, when are you going to start recording again? That's what she said. She says, please go talk to your nerd friends. Is that what you, is that what you do with your wife? Uh, no. she's. I've learned over the years um, the look on her face. It's the same look she gets when I start talking about like football or baseball, where it's just sort of like this... Like glazed over, like yes, yes, a, nice. a nod and nice. then walk into the other room. Yeah, or like, oh, that's nice. Is, isn't Project Runway on? It, it is. It's on. It's on the DVR. So. I've been watching it. Yeah, I have too. Uh, what? What are you saying about people that watch Project Runway? I like Project Runway. I watch Top Chef. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, when are we going to do a podcast about that? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> It would probably have more listeners, but uh, yeah, uh, I, we should sort of change our track right now. <laughs> it's a perfect time coming off the vacation yeah, to, exactly. uh, to, to change format. The format. Change. Okay, um, so so now it's uh, around Top Chef. But no, our uh, our uh, next guest is a longtime friend of the show and uh, DC exclusive artist, Mr. Mike Norton. Hi, how you doing, Mike? I'm doing well. I haven't seen you since. Windy, windy city. It's been about a month, yeah. Yeah, it's it's. it's well, wow, that's probably the longest you guys have spent apart. I know. I <laughs> yeah. was, that's why. That's why we came off of uh, came off of the break. So no, Mike I saw I, you in Twenty Four Hour Comic Day. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, oh see, look. Mm. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, congratulations, uh, by the way, for finishing your uh, thank you your awesome Twenty Four Hour Comic. It was uh, yeah. It was it, I I was gonna say it was fun, but it was kind of hard to do. <laughs> Did your eyes swell up? Were no, you like, no. It, uh, uh, we, we were all watching out to see if my eyes would swell up. I was wearing the robe. Yes. Yeah. He, he had the 24-hour comic podcast. Have you ever done the 24-hour comic thing? No. What's that robe about? He, he has I the, he has bath this bathrobe I... and slippers that he wears whenever he does anything more than uh, six hours. I got to be comfortable. <laughs> I understand. But you go out of the, of the apartment like that? Yeah, I was out on the. I walked over to the pizza place. Wow, me even want to go buy cigarettes. I wore something, a suit. I, oh, I, I had pants. <laughs> oh, I had pants on. At least I I pull my cape around myself or something. <laughs> well, our our last 
guest here is uh, a, a comic book uh, a veteran of about, what, uh, 12, 15 years now? Uh, actually, 21 years, but wow. only since 92 in this country. Okay. In the States. Um, uh, currently, you can uh, find his uh, absolutely amazing inks, ink work on uh, Doug Monkey on the pages of Green Lantern. He is Mr. Christian Alame. Yes, that's me. How you doing, <laughs> sir? Yes. I'm good. I'm good. I'll never do anything else on Friday from now on. This is it. Yeah, our oh, new wow. regular wow. Sal, Sal's wow. out. Christian's in. Nice. Yeah, didn't take much convincing. I now. hear rumors that you're French. Is this true? Yeah. I was going to say, is, is, is that is that a New Jersey accent? <laughs> I'm also uh, Greek, so I can introduce that show in Greek or in French, whichever you want. Oh, if Suntris, if Suntris comes here, he'll. Kalisperas, us. Hello, Suntris will be here. Wow. Suntris will be here. But there, wait, Does Suntress know this? That he's half Greek? Yeah. No, I'm sure. If oh he's, my God! You yeah. guys, he's not going to let sure you go. I'm sure his Greek he's radar gonna... will go off when yeah. he gets. <laughs> I'm sure if it's <laughs> <if, if, if laughs> like a plate over your head. If Suntress knew, you'd, you'd have a new, you'd have a new roommate. But uh, uh, Christian, first of all, welcome to Around Comics. Thank you. Welcome to Chicago. Because Thank you. you. You just uh, moved into the into the city in the last year or so, correct? Uh, uh, Almost two years ago now. Wow, it's yeah. been that long. Yeah, I know. Every time that we've uh, in, invited you to be on the show, you've you've always um, um, been like, "Yes, yes, I'd love to come." And then a few days beforehand, it's like, "Oh, uh, Doug's pencils are killing me. I, I I'm under deadline." Is Doug, I, is Doug got <laughs> you under his thumb, crushing yeah, you? But, no, the truth is, I don't. I don't really like Chris, so you know. Ah, <laughs> See, but that doesn't stop Chris from no, continuing no. to try and get you. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not true i love chris but you know like uh, the the status of uh, you know working on the blackest night i'm always between two private jets and all that stuff so <laughs> you're being flown <laughs> yeah we well, need to do your inks in the on, arctic on, uh, circle we need to get you there on jet jones airline <laughs> We need to be on location, so uh, yeah. yeah, it's off to Oa for you. <laughs> uh, before we uh, before we jump uh, all the way in here, I want to remind everyone that this episode of Around Comics is brought to you by InStockTrades.com. And if you like reading comics in trade format or collected editions, then InStockTrades.com should be your first destination on the internet. There you can find uh, discounts from 37 to 47% off the cover price, and that's on everything from trade paperbacks, deluxe hardcovers, show cases, essentials, omnibus editions, absolute editions, and more. Basically, if it is collected, it is at InStockTrades.com. And remember that all orders over $50 do, in fact, ship for free. And uh, our uh, long-awaited JLA Avengers uh, Book Club episode is going to be coming out later this week. You can still pick that up at InStockTrades.com for 47% off the cover price. For uh, $10.59, that trade can be yours. And I know that that episode will be coming out because Tom and I already recorded it. We already it. did it. We did it. So yeah. it'll uh, uh, look on your uh, your podcast like, feed later this week. I like doing it before I recorded all <laughs> the other stuff because I wasn't desperate to get away. Yes. Yeah, it wasn't. It was good. Let's go. <laughs> I wasn't like, okay, let's get out of here. Let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I think we may I think we may have stumbled uh, upon a proper way of doing the book yeah. club episodes. Yeah, proper. So, yes. yes. So. Aren't you guys competitors? Of what? I don't know. He has a podcast too. We compete with each other? Yeah. Well, I, I feel I'm like I, have, I think I, have, I think I have an adversarial relationship with Chris. It's it's yeah. well. See, usually when we record the, I can see that when we record the <laughs> book of the month, you're very insightful. Yes. <laughs> we record that when we record the book one, we always do it at the end, and by the end, I'm just tired. You're ready to go home. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm and, delicate. Well, and now that Sal is gone, someone has to be my adversarial counterpart on the yeah, show. Exactly. So I, I'm expecting this from you. Uh, okay, last uh, last point of order here. Uh, music for this episode. Uh, our good friend Ron Richards from iFanboy pointed out oh, that uh, it's going to be like some sad music, isn't it? Like, yes, it is. But Ron, 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 Ron pointed out that, that my music catalog stopped at about 1994, mm-hmm. and uh, and he was right. So I went on a, a on a search for some uh, music that's been uh, uh, produced in the last ten years. Anyway, and you got the Beatles. Yeah. And, yeah, so it's the There's Beatles new remasters. Band. They just came out with all their stuff. No, I am uh, I'm on a a Decemberists kick right now, so I'm digging the Decemberists. So uh, all the music for this episode will be by that band. All right, okay. All right. Tom, Tom Cater stamp of approval. <laughs> That's all right. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Decemberists, all right. I got to come up with fifty two of these a them. year. Fifty two. I yeah. don't either. Yeah. You, okay. Well, you have to they abstain. I'm not down with what the kids is listening to. Yeah, it's it's uh, think Death Cab for Cutie. I don't Ugh. know who's that. No. Wow. I only listen to Little Wayne. I actually just found someone that's <laughs> that's that's more musically inept than I am. This is awesome. Thank you. Like, but you're looking at the number one. <laughs> you were in a band. I, I've, I've heard of all these bands. I just can't tell. He's the number one. Playing the triangle. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> he's the number one Little Wayne bootleg trader, though. I am. That's <laughs> yeah. Mike's bootleg yep. bootleg business. All right. Well, let's uh, let's dive in here. We can uh, we can talk a little bit about Christian's career. Let's or get Christian's you, been very. He's been very insightful about mm-hmm. us. Let's 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 go to him. Let's turn let's, the spotlight on. Let's go on, go, on the, him. go to the special guest. <laughs> well, well, Christian, we have we have talked um, several times, and uh, you were kind enough to be at the Windy City Comic Con. Which um, no, thanks, thanks for inviting me. Well, thank but, you for coming. Thank you, Mike, for coming. Thank, Kyle Bice, who's oh, here, was awesome. Uh, Dave Mathis is is in the house, and he was uh, uh, one of our our photographers. Jose was one of our. Uh, one of our volunteers, but everyone out there that's listening that uh, that came out to support the show, thank you so much. I'm not going to spend any time talking about it. If you want to hear a great recap, go to the 11 o'clock comics episode, and Jason Wood gave a great recap of the show. Skip but through all the crazy talk. All the crazy talk and get right oh, to you're the Oh, you're not. I mean, I, I, I don't think you're going to top all those psychotropic <laughs> crap from this week. Oh, that was awesome. But uh, um, I, I would be. I, I would, should really start listening. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I would be remiss if I didn't thank all the support from the around comics uh, community and all of our listeners so thank you very much and uh and you'll be hearing about next year's show in a few months so christian thank you for coming to windy city and one of the things that i that i remember saying to you uh at some point during the day is that is that we wanted to have kind of a um um european art fair feel to the show and and i I think that you enjoyed your time there. But, I did. Um, you you grew up in France. Mm-hmm. What was what was it like growing up as a comic book fan in in Europe? I don't think that you had maybe the experience, the same kind of experience that that Mike and Tom and I had growing up reading when we did. We're, I think we're all well, about the same age. Yeah. Uh, well, except you guys are old. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's true. No, 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 we're the same age. I'm probably younger than you, Chris, and I'm older than Mike. I'm probably older than you, too. Yeah. But Chris no, is see, old. My, Mike and I were born on the same day. Oh, yeah. Same we hospital. are the same age, though. Yes, we are. You are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, Chris. Well, hold on. I'm older oh, than damn. I am. <laughs> damn. What happened? The guy loses a little hair, and, and that's it. I'm growing a beard. I'm just very young looking. You are. 
Yeah. No, the experience is the same as here. I got like both. I grew up between American comics and uh, European comics. So uh, my oldest memories are like very distinct. It's, one is like uh, Tintin, uh, Tintin. Tintin, which, yeah. And, uh, Belgian, right? Yeah, Belgian. Mm -hmm. And um, the other one is like, I believe it's X-Men 4. So it's, it would be a Jack Kirby thing. Um, Jack Kirby picture. I remember the brotherhood of uh, evil mutants. And, and I did not know at the time that's what I had read. I had seen it at a friend's house when I was maybe four years old or something like that. And years later, I as I was a teenager, I rediscovered like that, uh, what it was that I had carried you know, as a memory all that time. So I grew up like reading more, mostly like uh, all the great guys from the 70s and um, Bilal, Moebius and uh, all these guys, Hugo Pratt. And um, comic books at the same time, I discovered like, uh, I was reading them in French at first, like in a magazine called Strange. Mm -hmm. And uh, one day when I was 12, a friend of mine told me he found a store in Paris that had like actual American comics. So from Ooh. there on, I was hooked and I was, I grew up literally with both. Were they, were they in English or in French? Yeah, yeah, in, in English. Like oh, uh, wow. they were importing them. They would uh, have them like come at the store like on Wednesdays, just like here. Like same thing exactly. As like uh, this here where we are right now, it could be one of the stores in France, basically. That's exactly the same thing. Wow. So I, I really grew up between both and I always thought it was a, an advantage. Same way I thought it was like speaking another language is an advantage. I, uh, I kind of was fed by the, all that stuff and um, it was how, cool. It was cool. How do you think that changed your approach to, to doing art? Uh, as far as you said, you had an advantage. It complete, com complicated it in some ways. Like I remember when I was first working for DC Comics, I had it in mind to be kind of like to to uh, to expose them to my Moebius style. Oh, like okay. whatever. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? It's like I'm going to teach them what it's done and all that. And in fact, I was actually swept away by like all the American school, like even more than I was before. Yeah. And um, I can't really say to me it was always natural. So it was just what you did. Something. I, I mean, when you read something, you don't care what the guy is from. You just like uh, look at yeah. what he's doing. You right. like it or you so don't. So it just and, sort of uh, came out from, you know. I guess so. I'm sure somewhere like when I draw, like, uh, you know, it may come out like in a way or another. But uh, there, there is no like conscious thought behind it. Now, you know, now, growing up, I think everybody had, you know, their guy, their art guy that they that they sought out. I think for Mike and I, it was it was Burn. Yeah. I mean, that was that was That's our pretty, guy. Yeah. You know, growing up, it was you know 1986. It was it was hard to get away from from John Byrne and and how awesome he was. Um, Tom, and I, I never knew who your guy was growing up. I never up. had much of a guy. I really yeah. liked Perez when I in, in the 80s. It's the D, the, D, the DC John Byrne. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Well, I well, mean, it was the X Men versus Teen Titans, you know, uh, like yeah. that was just. Uh, the, the, to me, I never had like a single guy that I ever thought that I just followed, you know, like whatever they did. But I also think when I was a kid, in when I, in, you know, I'm only thirty, like in the mid '80s, I was still, I was like seven or eight years old, and I 
didn't even think I thought it was journalism. I didn't know people were making the stories up. <laughs> you know, like I didn't well, know who some, drew. Yeah, there's I didn't some know shit going down on Owen. Yeah, I was like, I didn't. You know, that's the thing when you're a kid, you don't think like someone's making these. You just know that mm-hmm. that they're showing up. And then as you get a little bit older, you start to pick out stuff Whoa. that you like. You know, and youth like, is wasting on the young with uh, you. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, how, how about you, Christian? Who is who is your your guy? Either uh, European or or American I uh, I started with John Burr. I guess also okay. like uh, probably like around 1980 or 81 like mm-hmm. um, when I discovered his X-Men first in French and they were two years later so I discovered them pretty much at the time he stopped doing them actually except okay. it was like translated later yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah I, I, I came the, into X-Men around the, the, the big Smith, shock but. that defined like all my teenage years and like up to, to later was Moebius especially under his like real name Jean Giraud when he does Blueberry and all that stuff yeah uh, you guys should see the French editions when it's not on glossy paper, when it's really on matte paper and all that. I grew up with that stuff. That's beautiful. From there on, like, uh, at the same time, I was discovering right after Burn, I was going back further back and, like, Wrights and especially Neil Adams, like everybody else. I was just blown away by him. Even probably was 10 years later, um, I was just blown away by him. I actually met him, like, a few years ago when I... Uh, 2005 or something like that I was invited to the Batman Begins premiere in New York and I sat right next to him in the theater watching Batman with Neil Adams (laughs) that's pretty cool unbelievable there you go (laughs) just like I mean wow I I was too too shy at the time I didn't really speak to him I was too ill too that's another story and um then came another very influential artist for me is Hugo Pratt, who's mm-hmm. not as well known in the States, like who did Corto Maltese, obviously, and a lot of other stories. I, and the guy was living legend. I managed to, to, I managed to meet him twice when I was young. And uh, that left me great memories. He died, sadly, like uh, I believe back in 95. Uh, and uh, that's pretty much the guys, like uh, from John Byrne to Neil Adams, from Moebius to Hugo Pratt. Like th- these are really the defining guys for me, yeah. which are many ways classic guys. Then there's also all the guys like everybody admires, like later in, his, in their careers, there's lots of great artists out there. Like, I mean, you look at Adam Hughes, you're like, wow, you know, you like so many other guys who are like great. So, I was going to ask you, in reading, you said that you read the... Um You'd read the X-Men comics in both French and English? Yeah. Did you know, was there like a big, was something lost? I'm always curious about someone who's read yeah, both, yeah, read, it, read something translated. It, like it, it was lost, uh, basically, uh, it was lost in English because like you guys did not know that Wolverine's real name is Serval. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> The fr- yeah, the French version's got all... Like, listen, there's no mystery to Wolverine in the French version. Hey, like, that's the one I read first. That's the right one, okay? <laughs> so in your head, you'll always think that uh, that's Nightcrawler the- was called Diablo. Diablo, <laughs> oh, nice. So when you... So, that's, so when you were a kid, you read the French version first. Yeah. So in your head, those are the versions. And then, like, do you remember, like, reading the English comics and being like... Who the fuck is Nightcrawler? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It took me a little while. I was like, okay, who's that guy? He's like, well, he's talking to him, so it's got to be him, okay? I was like, Nightcrawler, okay. Yeah, I get you, Nightcrawler. There's Wolverine and Storm and Cyclops and the Professor Xavier. And so I just like basically like worked my way through it like, uh, like that. I realized, however, that like the French comics were at the time, uh, there was censorship. Oh, okay. Even though violence was not as pro- as prevalent as it is now in comics, like I remember, you remember that issue where like a Wolverine 
he's gutting like some guys like from the Hellfire Club. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That, would like, be, oh, uh, that would be issue 132. Oh, yeah. f- somewhere around that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so they had like actually... Wolverine Strikes Back. Yeah. It's my turn now. Well, I can really tell the nerds around here. <laughs> <laughs> just like... And so the, there was no blood or guts like coming out like uh, nothing. It was just clean, uh, a clean strike. With nothing, I guess. I was just punched him. I was a super confused kid when I was... The first exposure I got to comic books was I got a bunch of old DC comics from like the 70s, which were like a mix of reprints and stuff. And I read them and I was like six or seven at the time. And I didn't... I didn't understand the concept of reprints. You know, they were just books right, to me. Yeah. So, like, I read them, and then I was like, oh, I'm really... In-. So I picked up stuff that had been coming out currently, I'd- and the... You know, the tone, I mean, we're talking about yeah. a book from I read in, that came from like a reprint from 1968. And then I picked up a book from 1985 and I yeah. was like that seven happened. and I was that like, with it, me it, like Marvel, twisted yeah. my whole head around because I, I was like, well, I thank God for reprints and trades and all yeah. that. The, that allows like, especially now, a whole generation, like where would they find like, uh, I don't know, like even that burn stuff we're talking oh, about, yeah, about yeah. the X-Men. Yeah. Yeah, There's no. no other way to read them. Like now. I'm, I always thought I was sort of lucky that I read stuff that way because I, I always really... Like, my first exposure to stuff was actually stuff that was probably 10 years older than I was, but I had a huge box of this stuff and I was reading it. I didn't even, I didn't, it wasn't until a couple years later where I started piecing together, like, gaining an appreciation too. Because, I mean, I, I I was, I was confused. I was was the most confused kid on earth. I was too. I mean, I was reading Ron Friends was drawing Spider Man at the time. Uh, this is way back in the 80s. And they had Marvel Tales, which was the Ditko stuff. Yeah. And I was reading that Ron Friend Spider-Man, which was current. He's like, oh, Mary Jane knows who I am, all that stuff. And then I get Spider-Man versus Molten Man. And uh-huh. it looks like in my teenage eyes, like, crap. I'm like, what is this crap? Yeah. And then yeah. later, I mean, that's the guy who made Spider-Man, dumbass. Yeah. And then you're, and then you're like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, shit, Ditko's awesome. Uh, um but same thing with me with the X-Men. I mean, that was my that was my book after I, you know, I, I came in with Doctor Who and then, you know, discovered the X-Men. Loved the 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 Burn Claremont and had started reading the um the Paul Smith and, and Claremont, of course. And then um found the Roy Thomas Neil Adams, which just looks beautiful. And very actually, confusing storytelling though. But you know, I, I think to my 13 or 14 year old mind i was okay with that I, there was I, still, everything is awesome here. to a 13 yeah. 14 that's why yeah. that that the all the the art that everybody gives image a bad rap for now was so and still is so popular oh absolutely it has nothing to do with storytelling no a it teenager has everything finds to do with through the story. awesomeness yeah <laughs> true know? True. I mean, uh, getting older, I realize that I tend to go for like uh, the so-called realistic approach, mm-hmm. or, like things like that. Is it really good for when it comes to superhero comics? I don't know. It might be a big mistake on my part. It's just like who I am, like everybody yeah. else getting older. Um, but we forget that as a teenager, anything works. I mean, yeah. like that just like, well, the bigger, the better. Actually, you're just like, well, wow, it's, it, there has that, to, there know? has to be a coolness factor to yeah. it. And, and yeah, sometimes that can be very simple. Yeah. Superheroes to begin with are just about like, uh, some kind of melting pot of various like mythologies and religious concepts uh, put in a with a few aliens in it. You shake all that and you put some kick-ass action in it. It's 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 again almost ridiculous and great concept at the same time. It's just brilliant and and I, I realize that I have to remember that sometimes. 
and it still works sometimes. For example, like when I read some stuff, uh, thankfully sometimes it still works on me even today. You know, oh, can, sure. uh, that's, you can uh, still get lost a little bit yeah, in the stuff yeah, occasionally. Yeah. You can be that's, like, uh, mm -hmm. usually it's easier for me when I get back to the old issues I used to read because there's yeah. like an affective memory working uh, here as well. But um, the stuff we're working on now with Jeff Jones, I know that it's that kind of stuff, that kind of like a really cool uh, action stuff that's kind of like, oh, wow, you know, that's there, crazy. There's crazy. a big 12-year-old in, in Jeff Johns that, that's, that's behind <laughs> a lot of that. He, he yeah. wakes the one in me, which is yeah. good. That's um, it, it really is interesting how he's able to distill that because I don't see that much. I mean, it's it's beyond being a good writer. There's something he's able to capture – that I don't get in well, in other great writers. Yeah, I think uh, I was thinking about that today while working. Actually, <clears throat> I think he managed. He, he, he made what's this expression? He made um, new with old. Mm -hmm. yeah. I get you. It's simple. He, he went back to the roots of the Silver Age, like which is basically for Green Lantern, Flash, and Light. It's really the '60s that were like uh, you know the, the high point. And he goes back to the root, all the stuff we thought was ridiculous, like in Superman, Crypto, the dog, and all that stuff. Everybody wanted to get rid of that kind of yeah. thing. He embraces it because he likes it. And, mm -hmm. and it's yeah. genuine love, you know, like, so he brings back all these concepts, but he, his real talent is that he makes that with an absolute modern approach yeah. to writing. That issue of Adventure Comics that came out this week, that uh, Francis exactly. Mama, was yeah. like, That's when you exactly. were saying about being like a 12-year-old, I was like, you, that was so good in the sense that you could completely, I completely forgot, like, you know, what you know like instead of being like oh how far into this story arc is it i was like oh that's was really you know a nice story and it was very and it had crypto in it which if you look if someone described crypto to you outside yeah, it's stupid it's stupid it's I, ha I, ha I, ha I had to do that i was sitting uh you know i've got this chair in the living room that yeah. i that i read comics in yeah. and marta's usually you know watching tv or reading a book and i started giggling and and marta's like what and i was like Ah, uh, crypto just rounded up Love all the Superboy's <laughs> villains and brought them to him in Smallville, and she's like, "Whatever, oh, whatever, <laughs> whatever." But uh, why do you want to eat tonight? Yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's what are you cooking? What are you uh, cooking? Is the question. Ooh, uh -huh. You don't tame her well. No, no. Put down your comic <laughs> books, Chris. I, I'm wearing jeans now, but I wear a skirt I gotta, at home, I, Christian. I got to teach you a few things uh, from France. <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh, yeah. I mean, there's a little uh, uh, bit. I hope Michelle can't hear that. Uh, uh, just don't let her near I'm the computer. They call this late Thanks. pimp slap. But it's like the same thing within Green Lantern. Like the idea of like all the different colors meaning things is sort of childish but it works like you know it's like the simplest kid thing is yeah. like this color means this you know exactly and, uh, well it, these are like primary emotions like yeah. there's psychology behind colors several people have written about that and it's very simple yeah. it's like the old principle of like heroes have like primary colors and like uh, villains have like a uh, secondary and tertiary yeah. colors and the, the 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 whole thing i think the most important thing <clears throat> I'm sorry, that uh, defines uh, John's, uh, Jeff's success is he has no cynicism whatsoever. And uh, we're all like, you know, adults, I guess we're all cynical in some ways and it transpires into the work at times, not with him. And I think that's a key to his uh, success. He has a true love for the characters, no cynicism and a great talent to go with it. And that's what brings all these uh, great stories out. 
he, he makes me think in some ways, I think he's the writing equivalent to what Alex Ross did uh, not so long ago with the uh, artwork. It worked so well, not in my opinion so much because he's a great painter and technical, uh, you know, great uh, artist, but because he loves his characters. And right. whatever is considered cheesy by many to him is absolutely stunning and he brings it with absolute... Uh, genuine uh, compassion on the page and it works you can't resist that stuff I mean it's cheesy to say but love beats all he he made he made Captain Marvel look iconic exactly and look right. very powerful I and, also and think dynamic. he redefined the uh for me at least like the uh, Superman iconic uh, stature yeah. when I think of Superman in ways of an icon he managed to tap into the unconscious Superman that was floating out there like for all of us going back to the roots a bit and and he gave it a face he gave yeah. it like a presence. maybe like Weird. yeah because it's his superman evokes a little bit of like because always to me like always the problem with the imagery of superman is you don't want him to be dad but he you don't want him to be brother either he's got to be like in between he's got to be like a little older than you yeah but not equivalent to you because he's still got a, you know, but there's a little bit of that burn Superman to it a little bit that, of like the struggle the, to that's it. like the leading uh, man in uh, 50s movies yeah. like the guys were like in, in yeah. their mid 50s at least you know <laughs> and, yeah. uh, like kissing an 18 year old girl so that without <laughs> getting in there it's like he has to be a man and a man defined like uh, I guess like on screen like uh, that's the difference between a guy like um uh, Brad Pitt, who I'm really, who are, whom I really like, and uh, say uh, George Clooney or Daniel Craig, who look more manly. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, there has to be a certain. You know who else I liked in that same sense, though. I love Frank Quitely's Superman. Oh, I love him too. Because it's different, but it's different, but it still has that same in a in a different way. In that, it's like a like the broad shouldered, like big, not yes. necessarily muscly, but like a little a touch of like daddish. But like more older brotherish than yeah. like yeah. you know not yeah. like this sculpted sort of. And I love Frank Whiteley's yeah. art to begin with. He's just like uh, he's the most European of artists working uh, yeah. in the states yeah. by far. I'm not talking about like where he's from. Yeah, uh, I'm talking about his style. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's his his Batman and Robin stuff has been you know the, those three issues he did were incredible. But mm-hmm. I mean I love his I love his Superman and like in a totally different way from the Alex Ross one because. Mm-hmm. I like, I kind of like, the thing with Alex Ross that's funny is I love the way the Superman costume looks on Superman with Alex Ross, but it's funny because it doesn't work for all the characters. Like, no, the Flash one. It'll make you realize how ridiculous a costume looks on somebody by looking <laughs> yeah. at Alex Ross. But for face. some reason, the Superman one looks okay, oh, yeah. but some of them don't quite, like, it that's works the, with the, the Superman co- one. That Superman costume. The the costume is like that. I mean, you look at the costume on Christopher Reeve, and you're like, yeah, dude can walk around in his <laughs> yeah, underwear. Yeah, it's a good costume. Yeah, you look at it on what's-his-face. That, that's yeah, you see it on Dean Cain, and you're just like, okay, no, 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 what no. Halloween party no, no, are you going to? It's because Superman, it's like he's got no costume. He's a man below, uh, yeah. beneath the costume yeah. that defines it. Christopher Reeve could wear it and yeah. it's like it was dignified yeah. yeah how can you pull that I mean you wear that at a Halloween party you I look know. ridiculous I, I seriously just, yeah. watched, Christopher Reeve looks awesome you and watch yeah, that movie and you're like yeah there's nothing stupid about <laughs> wearing that no. yeah but the thing and was it's completely stupid it's a dumb costume the, the first Superman movie to me is still one of the best superhero movies well, that's, yeah I, I was gonna bring that up when we were talking about John's because everything I read about everything everything I've read of John's he it seems like especially the Superman stuff, it's like 
that movie never ended. You know, yeah. it just oh, keeps yeah. going. But uh, he was Richard Donner's assistant, I think, yeah. uh, when he started. Well, it makes like, sense, uh, that's, obviously. Uh, but, I mean, it's like he's able to keep what was so great about that stuff and keep it going. It's just like I love reading Superman because it's just like that movie never well, ended the for cool, oh, yeah. The cool thing about the Christopher Reeve Superman, too, it, it combined because he has – a sense of humor but it's not like the mean 60s superman yeah. that would be like i'm gonna pull a trick on you you know like no. it's like he jokes or you know like he jokes that, around that, he's that, like human that superman scarred you because you always talked about the evil tricks that he played on lois i mean like the 60s superman he would slap lois I, I wanted to ask you, as a well, thank you. As a kid growing up in uh, in France, uh, did was it if you wanted to buy back issues, like if you were interested in reading back issues and stuff, was that available? Like, yeah. could you go get like yeah. an old X Men comic if you were? Yeah, I could actually. Uh, not only uh, comics, but even pages. I used uh, to own when I was like maybe sixteen. I bought like a John Byrne page original <gasps> from the X Men. <laughs> I bought like a Kirby page from X Men Ten. I remember that one. What? That was the one with the Stranger. Was that ten? Yeah, Give must me. have been ten. And um, I had these pages, which I paid like two hundred bucks at the time. For each of the equivalent yeah. in francs, it was very expensive. I saved like a whole summer, like working to to get these. Then you told uh, me the sad, sad end. Yeah, of the story. when I was eighteen, like about uh, or nineteen. Yeah, eighteen, I think. Like uh, no, you I must have bought them like you earlier when I was fourteen. Them. And uh, <laughs> no, I I just needed to get out with girls. I was broke, so I sold them for what I paid for them. When I see uh, on eBay what these kind of stuff oh, go, goes for now, I'm like, oh god, that it's girl like, was not worth that. Oh no! <laughs> so it's, what was her name again? Uh-huh. Jesus, I can't even remember. <laughs> Damn you! You still remember those Kirby pages? <laughs> she owes me original pages from Burning Kirby. Page, <laughs> you bitch. Well, you you had told me before we started recording, you had a great uh, great Harvey Kurtzman story. Uh, yeah, uh, back in 1989, I was uh, working f- before I came here. I worked for a French publisher. I did one of those, uh, you know, like uh, French graphic novels, like, uh, which, you know, there's no comics in France. It's all like hardcover and, mm-hmm. and stuff. And um, uh, there was like a huge convention uh, that started in the town of Grenoble. It's at the feet of the Alps uh, in France, beautiful town. And uh, they wanted to uh, um, basically compete with the main uh, convention in France, which is Angoulême, very well known. And so they started, it was a political matter, actually. The ex-guy from Angoulême created that one, hoping to, uh, mm. you know, like, um, make competition for his old, I mean, just like some... Yeah, we've story. got that going on in the United yeah. States right now. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but um, anyway, this convention didn't last. But the first one was brilliant. We had, like, uh, that's when I met Alan Moore, Dave Gibbons, who were working for my French publisher. Uh, Watchmen was translated by them, and they did original work on Watchmen for my publisher. And we got on there, and like uh, one of the evenings was, uh, we had like uh, one of those like, um, how do you call that thing that takes you up the mountain, like uh, that suspended oh, uh, gondola? Uh, yeah, that's called a gondola. Taking everybody from comics into a private restaurant high up the Alps for the evening, and Harvey Kurtzman was there. He was like really old at that time, uh, and he was already uh, ill. I believe he, I, I believe he had Parkinson's. I mean, he was shaking. 
And um, people were telling us, listen, don't go bother him because he, he won't do any drawings for you. He's like, you know, here with his family. It's just a, they had paid a homage to him, like during the convention. It was dedicated to him. And uh, I was just going to ask for a signature, which he was doing uh, happily uh, after the, the, the dinner. And uh, TV cameras were there. And he took my piece of paper and did a drawing for it because the TV cameras mm -hmm. were there. So I have like the last drawing I believe Kersman did for anyone like in a, such a setting, which which was nice. That's awesome. That's, uh, That's kind what of did awesome. he draw? He drew um, Annie's boob, <laughs> which which he used to do like uh, very often. It's just right. a perfect yeah. curve. And it's like, perfect. Uh, and it's that's the, he knew how to draw that. Hey, man, if you're going to get a Kurtzman sketch, that. that's, that's what you're going to get. Uh, I've been enjoying your work with uh, Doug Monkey on Green Lantern, and I, I also enjoyed it in Final Crisis, actually, in the one issue that uh, that you guys did. Is there something between you two that works really well? Because I love, I, I've always enjoyed his pencils, but with your inks, I, I, I think it's awesome. It's amazing when you well, guys are working together. Thank you. That's, uh, well... I, I love working with Doug. It's been a very long time and I've been doing that for a long time since I enjoyed myself so much, even though it's very hard, like uh, time-wise, deadlines are yeah. crazy. But I just like Doug. I, I like him. I like his work. He, he's really the strongest artist out there. And as Mike was pointing out before, like literally, because <laughs> In he's, real life. He's, he's a weightlifter. I think he had a competition like last week. Do, uh, do he and Tom Nguyen, do they like have like posing contests because it's both well, those both, people, both, they're uh, workout buddies Tom, Tom was like a bodybuilder like uh, he, he was like a professional bodybuilder for a while because they live in the same town they, yeah. they're both live in Minneapolis and uh, uh, Doug is a weightlifter uh, champion I think he's like Minnesota's champion or something you can find it online it's just wow, like a, what a weird and he draws all that stuff and he's got seven kids and he's uh, no he's crazy I mean Doug is, he's, he's a fucking robot I don't know where he comes from I I know where he comes from he's half Greek when like I, me actually which is one of the links we have except he looks like a German robot <laughs> That's just I like, draw Jeff Johns puts gives stuff to me and I draw it I'm a German drawing robot I, it's unbelievable I mean Doug is like Doug surprises me and his artwork I, I remember like the Back in the days, like Dan Rasper, who was like a good friend and my editor at the time, back in the 90s, one day he comes to me, he's like, check this out. And he gave me like that uh, major bummer, bummer, yeah. like uh, issues. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that guy's good. You know, it's like, holy shit, he's full of details. Well, his Obsidian <laughs> Age stuff in the JLA, I, I always, I, I loved. And I, then I've, I've been following like w what he had been doing. And uh, about like... Uh, Three years ago, three, yeah, something, two, two, three years ago, I was uh, recovering from a disease. I was back in France and I was calling Peter, Peter Tomasi, who was still uh, an editor at DC at the time, like, Pete, you need to find me some work. I need to get back into the, the you know, like uh, the business. And um, he was like, yeah, oh, no, there's not much about, not much going on and all that. I'm like, come on, Pete, you know, and he's like, uh, how about Doug Monkey? You like Doug Monkey? I'm like, sure. Uh, yeah, you played like, it cool. Well, you were like, <laughs> yeah, I guess like, that's all right. He's like, I just uh, drew, uh, he's like, I just wrote like this series, like Black Adam with him. And all that. Oh, so, yeah, so, yeah. That's how we started to work together. And it worked well, so we, we remained together. The truth is like, I, I, um, I understand Doug's drawing because he comes from the same place I guess I do when I draw, although he does it better in many ways and like any and it's different. 
but th- th- there's a, a commonality. And since I always inked myself and I've been inking other people like for a while, it just seemed natural. As soon as I saw his pencils, like, oh, I can do that guy. Like, totally. It's like, it's yeah. just like perfect. Well, I. And we, we, we've been working. Everybody was like enthusiastic about it. So that's why we have stayed together and we continue to work together. And I believe it's one of these cases where sometimes, as much as I like, like his own inks when he inks himself, uh, person in some ways I prefer them actually they're more him and like really like the core yeah. of, of his true talent there are sometimes a combination creates a third entity which which is really nice too which is like a third person in the room mm-hmm. and people react to that a lot and so it, it's good for both of us and it's very enjoyable on a more personal level Doug is also someone I really like we go along it's it's the easiest like thing in the world it's very natural uh-huh. there's no like um... well when I walked past your table at the Windy City Comic Con I saw some Green Lantern pages out and the Damn. page with, yeah. yeah and looking at those pages like in just you started thinking gorgeous. I was like how can I sneak this past my wife <laughs> I was like Oh, I can, can give I you a discount if you want. <laughs> there was uh, there was Let's some gorgeous. The there was some <laughs> there's some gorgeous stuff in there. And it, yeah, as awesome. far as from like the artistic viewpoint of doing Green Lantern, is it intimidating having to tackle that many characters? Because that's a book that's very it's not busy in a bad way, but it's I, it's packed. It's I a only, packed book. I only get intimidated when I draw because then I, yeah. I get really scared. When I ink, never. Yeah. And um, since I mostly ink nowadays, like the only thing intimidating is like, oh God, when am I gonna be done with that? You know, it's just yeah. like my, it's like the nightmare of the deadline. This is a jam-packed book. That's a yeah, book. Yeah, like every page. Not only she that, fits, yeah. The subject uh, of the whole Blackest Night event is like just crazy. You get a lot of characters going around like all over the place, and uh, Green Lantern is like that to begin with. Yeah. Then we have like extremely tight deadlines on top of that. Like, uh, I know Doug's been like also feeling the same thing. We're really like, uh, pressed for time. In the past uh, issue, I did only eight pages. I mean, I was dealing with a personal issue at the yeah. same time, but still eight pages out of a comic book. I couldn't do more. We barely had two weeks and most of my time was taken out like with uh, something else. We are for the same reason. Like we're right now working on issue 48. <clears throat> Uh, we're not going to do 49. We're going to skip directly to issue 50, which is going to be oversized. So we can do the whole issue. And I believe Ed Benes is going to do issue 49. Okay. We made that day. De- we came to that, con- to that decision because we just couldn't like, uh, take it, uh, reasonably. Like we need oh, yeah, yeah. a small breathing time or we're, we're suffering a bit of a burnout right now. Oh, and, I can understand. I mean, and we don't want the work to suffer, especially Doug. Doug is like, uh, uncompromising. He's see, when it comes like to that. looking at his stuff. Man, his stuff looks it looks tight like in the yeah. sense that like he's not the type of guy who is gonna like get loose how he's doing stuff is it looks i mean one of my favorite issues art wise was the um that final crisis issue mm-hmm. that you um that um you did I linked where, five more, pages out yeah, of that i i but i loved i um i loved that stuff inside the, the Final Crisis. I, I thought it was the last issue of Final Crisis is and beyond Doug, was awesome as well. He's I mean, Doug being pressed at at the worst, basically. Yeah. I mean, he told me it took me took him a long time like to recover from that. He, he wouldn't sleep. He would just like do the whole thing. He just he just didn't want to pass out the opportunity. And he's a he's the kind of guy. Once he said he would do it, he, he does, does it. He yeah. does it. That's it. There's no like, uh, and. 
that's Doug being rushed, basically Doug doing yeah. his worst. And uh, I and I put like um, quotation air marks quotes. here, air bad. quotes, because you look at it and you're like, wait a minute, how's that different? From, you know, <laughs> it's just like, yeah. what, how does he do it? I don't know. I know one thing. We have a project we've been uh, working on like for a long time together. It's a Joker story. Uh, it's a 64 page uh, pages uh, story written by Keith Champagne. It's an excellent story. It's called Joker Year One, and uh, I don't know when it's gonna come out. I have no idea if it ever will. Uh, we've done 20 pages so far, and we started them like uh, back in early 2008. And that stuff looks beautiful because we both really had time. We sin, took our yeah. time, like like you wouldn't. Believe. I would love to see that. But then joker. we started to work on finally the colder for Final Crisis and Green Lantern and all that. And so we have no idea when we'll be able to finish it. We yeah, both yeah. say like we want to finish it at some point. You know, because what, like, we like it, but that's um, that gets me really. Well, now I'm going to be excited because <laughs> because what reminds me of the best stuff, um, the stuff that you guys have done together, that reminds me of. The really great Brian Bolin stuff mm-hmm. that I've loved yeah. in a way. Oh, like there's yeah, a touch absolutely. of that. Well, to, there's a touch of that to that. The the like the Green Lantern stuff. Like the um the prologue issue. The the pages I saw were of Black Hand shooting himself. Like yeah. the big full page yeah. that remind that whole I, issue reminded me a lot that page of Brian. Was mine, Bolin. I sold it for good money. <laughs> yeah. but I, <laughs> I, I, looking at uh, looking at those pages, I was really reminded a lot of a lot of Brian Bolin stuff that I loved a lot, and that it's so precise. But also, like, it's not sort of completely you robotic. Know, it's, it's not. It's like, not over rendered. Yeah, it's yeah. like there's very, a tricky thing with Doug. Like, uh, like every uh, good artist, what you see or what you think you see is not what you're seeing. Actually, Doug is not as precise as you think he is. He's a very organic, very uh, spontaneous artist, yeah. and he's so good at it. Um, he manages to control so much and he's not a guy who works with references, photographic references and all that. He just has like this capacity to recreate so much and infuse so much life and, and, uh, and action into it that, that that's really stunning. And in fact, it's far looser than you think it is, except he just manages you to convince that's you. That's just how it to, looks. He just yeah. manages to convince you otherwise. He, he's like... He just suggests things, but so beautifully that it's all there. It's it's really something. Does to, that kill uh, you as an anchor? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> because uh, the way I work with him, like we were speaking with Mike about that like earlier. I I uh, um, I try to uh, when when he inks himself, he, he inks himself in a rough way. He just draws as he inks. Mm-hmm. When I ink myself, I go. I tend to go the same way. But when I ink him. I have to go slick because it's so appealing, you know. Oh, let's do that! Like, Did let's he make ink it. It takes forever. On, um, on Team Zero, was that? I think so. I don't know actually. I think he, yeah, I think because that's a different looking Doug Monkey in, than what you're in the last Green Lantern issues. Also, there's like there's three inkers usually. It's like um, uh, Doug, Tom Green, and myself. Tom Green and I now have a style which like could pass like uh, almost similar like we can blend in very easily. Mm-hmm. You can still tell Doug uh, winnings himself. There's a, a bit of a rougher edge, but overall we managed to make issues. I haven't heard anyone complain. No, about it's, the t- it's, tight. it's tight. It's tight. And it, 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 I could it, it I could tell when sound. it was Tom and not you, but just because I was looking for it. Uh, but uh, I mean, yeah, you guys, as, you guys have a style that that works well together. As as someone, I mean, you, uh, you started, you know, you penciled for a while, 
uh, for career. most of my from, you know, for most like of your career, career. and yeah, like switching I, to it i'm so slow that it's not viable for me i'm just tired to switch to like an inker how like how does your mentality change towards uh, looking at i stuff? always inked myself i used to also paint uh, i was an illustrator for a long time yeah. i worked for magazines book covers like what have you um at first when i was younger when i was like in my early 20s I was thinking, oh, inking, oh no, it's uh, beneath me. I, I had a bit of an ego problem at the time. And um, getting older and uh, after starving for a while, <laughs> the ego like goes away like pretty fast and you get a little wiser. And I thought, uh, I thought, no, you know, I, inking is a good gig. It's something I can do on time. It's something I can do well. Yeah. And uh, and it pays the bills, so that there there was no question. It don't last very long, and uh, I'm I'm actually enjoying doing that, like with uh, Doug a lot, because I know we're doing something good, like we're doing um, a good comic book, the kind of stuff that stays, I believe, you know, like uh, in the mind of people, or at least I hope so. And um, as for myself, yeah, sure, I'd like to draw something at some point, but it, it would have to be something that like. I can take the time to do on my own terms, and yeah. you know, the, you you will hear that like often from people who don't get to draw. Like for example, Mike, like uh, he, he draws like I don't know, he does it. He was doing that like, for such a long time, like, about like forty pages a month, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm like, yeah, it, it well, looks with, great. With, I'm like, how the fuck do you well, do that? Here's an interesting thing. Yeah. Okay, and I see. I see the rare times I get out because I never get to get out just inking. I see him, he walks around with his fucking sandwich. He goes like to the comic book store. He's like, I don't always have a sandwich. He pretends, <laughs> he's, he, he pretends he's coming back from the gym. So if it's true, it's even worse. That means he even uh, has time to work out and all. And he well, looks it too. Like, <laughs> it's just like, and, you know, it's interesting that you say that. It's interesting that you sandwich. say that you are. Um, <laughs> okay, that was just from today. And like, and like, um, I guess this is more of this it's is better than the complicated, yeah, complicated. <laughs> it, in saying that you need to take your time in penciling something, like what is the factor in seeing like different people's art that you think takes a long time? Is it that first step that takes a long time? Oh, is no. it the first? Is it the figuring out where things go like that to me as someone who's not very artistic that's the most it's, interesting thing to me is like what's the thing that it's is the bit, hardest it's move it's a bit of everything i never worked on a monthly series yeah. i always refu i was offered a lot of stuff when i when i first came i i turned it down mostly because i knew i couldn't like hold like a monthly rhythm yeah. that's why i'm always surprised by guys like mike and all that i'm like how the hell do they do it I'm extremely uncompromising when it comes to, to artwork. Which, strangely, in every other aspect of my life, I've learned like to compromise. Yeah. And maybe that's the last step I need to, to learn. Just rely more on my experience and, uh, and let go a little. Yeah. And for the longest time, it's like it's plagued me. It's like as soon as you do something, I just want to raise it and do it over. Yeah. And when I was under contract, many times I messed up projects that way because for me, like the paycheck or like the deadline or the contract were not important. I'm like, screw it. You just wanted uh, to look the way yeah. that in and I put myself in a lot of trouble at some point. I was blacklisted yeah. almost. And uh, thank God for like a few editors who were still friendly to me uh, and all that. I, I managed to, to, to get back on my feet. Yeah. And um, I realized it, it's basically fear-driven, uh, let's be honest. So I, uh, with Inkings, Inkings always was secondary to me. So I always uh, thought it yeah. came easier. And, um, Has it changed? Because you, you said earlier that 
uh, originally you had thought of inking is sort of beneath you and like oh, having was, done when, the ink when it, I was young I mean, yeah like when you were young and, yeah and, like after having inked for a while how has that changed you, you know your viewpoint from when you were younger to what inkers uh, add to well, to add to art when i started inking seriously i mean i used to do it when i was drawing too like every now and then like um but when i started doing it on a more regular basis that was uh, first with patrick gleason um we, Another uh, good Green Lantern yes, artist. But, uh, I, we, Tom Nguyen is the primary anchor for Patrick now, isn't he? Yeah, actually, yeah. we switched somehow. It's when I was ill, like uh, Tom got onto Patrick's work. I don't know, he, he, he just like uh, got switched somehow. And uh, I did like uh, some of the first works Patrick did for like uh, DC Comics. And um, we started to work on Aquaman together. Like for, uh, we had quite a little run there. Yeah. That was good. And I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, we start. I was also the inker originally for uh, Green Lantern Corps when it started, like uh, with a reboot, recharge, and uh, yeah. recharge. And that's when I get ill. I like to step away from the business for three years. And like, um, and when I came back, obviously, like you can't go back. Hey, give me back my job. That's not how it works. And uh, plus, I was happy to see that Tom was like working. You know, Tom's a great friend. He's like one of the f <laughs> most fun guys you can hang out with. He's a good guy. And, uh, <laughs> Lots and of girls in bikinis, whatever oh boy. Tom Nguyen is oh around. Boy. Hey, I was going to ask you, Mike, you know, I asked him, I asked Christian about, like, the as someone who's not artistic, when I think about drawing, drawing, I always think, what's the thing that's the biggest hurdle? Like, is it the first mark that you make? Is it, like, after you figured out where everything goes and trying to, you know, perfect it? And to, to me, it's always fascinating to hear people talk about what is the thing that's the hardest? What's the moment of that's the hardest moment? When you're drawing, it's like the it is the planning part of the layout yeah. stage where you're trying to figure out. It's the it's the puzzle solving. It's a big game of Tetris at that point. Yeah, you're just trying to figure out where to put everything and how to make it work. Hmm. After that, it is all pretty much academic, and it it it's actually pretty. Like if I do all these layouts, I'll do the I'll, like now my process is I do a lot of layouts on the computer, and I'll print it out in blue line and I'll finish it up in pencil. That part, the finishing up in pencil, it's very zen like because I so I know where all the lines go. Cathartic. I'm just yeah. tightening yeah. it up. It's just a time time involved now. That's great. I'm I'm so jealous. That's how I feel when I ink actually. But like when I draw, that's the absolute opposite. I was always like um it's a matter of pride with me and stupid pride. Not not something not anything good. Since I was young, like, like I do when I ink or like when I used to draw was like it's got to come spontaneously to me. Otherwise I reject it like totally. So I never did uh, build my work the way I should do. I never laid out properly i never make the right decisions before i just expect it to come out like immediately and, and yeah. first draft and of course it doesn't or at least 99 percent of the time it doesn't every now and then you get like a lucky but and so i reject all that and i complicate my life like endlessly because of that i never learned actually to draw with a method I mean, with, with a working method, that's what yeah. I'm talking about, not like a... a functional, like... A, a functional method, yeah. which I've learned for everything else, painting, like uh, inking and all that. So like the drawing, no, I'm still like... Uh, or last time I did it, I was still like too uncompromising for that. And <laughs> that's where I have to learn. I'm so, 
uh, I mean, uh, Mike has got like a perfect working method and he just like, it works every time. Look at what he does. It's just beautiful. It comes out like boom on time. And I, I, do I don't know stuff. about you, but I could stand to li- watch, um, look at Mike's art inked by Bill Sienkiewicz for like pretty much forever. It's nice. I'd, yeah, I I'm love I'm pretty the, psyched about it. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> awesome looking at your stuff. As if, I, I've said it before, but the one thing like it's like the perfect melding of two of two things you know like you are a solid storyteller and Sinkevich is a little like crazy with where yeah. he puts I stuff I haven't so. seen it yet I'll I enjoy show, it I'll show you There's I'll go get one I yeah, like it I dig it I, I dig it but it's funny because whenever I hear whenever I hear people talk about like inking or penciling I'm like I work in the least artistic field of all yeah. time like I'm an accountant so it's always it's always it's always well, you funny know what to you hear. like though yeah and it's always fun i always like hearing how about much do you charge for taxis uh-huh. a lot yeah. <laughs> i charge i a think lot. i've asked him more than before. more than 150 yeah bucks yeah well you're crazy. it's easy because uh green arrow is right by green lantern so i can i can what? find i can find uh christian's work and mike's right next to each other yeah, it's Mike inked by uh, Sienkiewicz. Yeah, no, but you said Green Arrow is raped by Green Arrow. No, right, right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Raped. Oh, That's can't. next issue. <laughs> no, no. No, no, no. Oh, no. Their friendship takes a turn for the worse. It just went blue. Um, it, it looks great. I, I'd like. It looks beautiful because Sienkiewicz is a guy who really can draw. There's no question. And the guy can draw in his sleep. Yeah. I would love to. I mean... It looks beautiful. I would love to see what the pencils look like and see if Sinkiewicz like paid any attention I'll to totally, them or not. I'll totally. I'll show them to you. He does. He actually. You, it's a lot closer than you think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. I'll so he just tends like he's a he's a gritty. He has finish. a lot of the grit and a lot more uh, of the just. Uh, I w- I don't want to say random black areas. I still recognize just, they are there for a reason, but I still recognize you. But it's like you guys had, had like an illegitimate son or something that's what yeah. i like about it i like uh, illegitimate sons and no, i tell you i loved watching you go on the 24-hour uh comics day to see mike sit down and just like distilled mike norton over 20 what you were about what 22 hours for 22 pages was it 22 it was pages? 24 pages in 24 hours so you, and you took the full 24 hours uh, I did. I did. I spent the last two hours lettering it. Actually, so, so that's he, where that brilliant yeah. story. So hold on, from. you have to make one page in twenty four hours. No, he he did twenty four pages in late. one hour. <laughs> no, twenty. It was like an hour a page. He he did a complete comic, drawn, inked, and lettered in twenty four hours. But like when you're eight years old, we stick figures or just like a little, real? It's a little bit like that. Yeah. Jesus. It, no, no, it's all, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll call it up after the episode yeah, here. You can take a look How at it. How much did they pay you? The, the, <laughs> no six hundred figures? I'm working on trying to get it monetized You right should. Now. You should sell that. It's like that was a pretty hard night. I should get paid for I'll, that. I'll show it to uh, you. It was it's in the awesome. city. Nobody <laughs> warned me to leave the city before it started. <laughs> I don't even want to be in the same vicinity where something like that happens. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just like... You know what? I said that for years. I've said that for years. I've watched all these guys, and and I didn't even want to do it this year. But for some reason, uh, a couple of people were asking me. Burnham was asking me, and uh, uh, actually, Tim's. No, Tim Seeley didn't ask me, but 
uh, Patrick at Challengers asked Pulling me, out second computers. I, yeah. Actually, I can doodle very quickly, which is like an oddity, but it looks nothing like when I draw it. I think that's loose. the point. It's I not just, You're uh, not really making a showcase. Oh, it looked look great, but Burnham. God, Burnham is a freaking animal. He's when it a comes. master of the 24-hour comic. I, I told I told Chris, I was like, okay, what you need to do is, is monetize this in some way where like once a month you like you know create a website and take suggestions and once a month you do a 24-hour comic and he's like dude i'm trying to figure out if he could get paid for that he would do that totally and and because he enjoys doing it i don't know why he he did he did a 24-hour or a 24-page story it was uh what uh monster trucks versus martians and it was awesome it was it's incredible. <laughs> Who wrote that? He, he, he did. did. He you, did everything. You, right. That's the thing. In 24 hours, you have to write, draw, and letter a comic in 24 hours, and it is it is the it is the coolest. I thing. did that, but only once in my life. That's actually when I saw the first Superman movie back in '78. Mm-hmm. You okay? That means I was uh, 10. <laughs> I came back home and I drew oh maybe 10 pages, maybe, but it took me probably one hour. Nice. And yeah, it ended it. up with a bad guy being handed by Superman to the cops. And the cops like put him in like one of those like trucks, except it was one of those French truck cops, uh, cop trucks, like you know, so it was like French cops with a big kepi and all that. <laughs> <laughs> and Superman is like, here you go, gentlemen. <laughs> Just, he could do that. Sure. All right. Well, before before we wrap up here and, and we're getting uh we're we getting close up. to that. I really um, need to pee now. You're okay. Well, <laughs> Um, before I let you pee. <laughs> oh, wow. It's okay. I can f- hold it. I'm good. It. All right. It's good. Um, when we've talked in the past, you, you've had some uh, incredibly awesome stories about Archie Goodwin whenever yeah, you first yeah, started yeah, working yeah. At, at DC. And he's one of those guys that if I have, if I have two regrets um, uh, of people that I would have loved to have talked to, on around comics that are no longer with us. It's Jesus. It's, it's Jesus and <laughs> um, it's Will Eisner and Archie Goodwin. And and you're one of the a long list of people that have said that Archie Goodwin is just one of the one of the greatest people that's ever worked in the, no in question the industry. About it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Archie, um, I owe him my career in the States. Uh, I owe it to him, period. I um, my French publisher was uh, working closely with DC Comics, and at the time, because of a girlfriend who became my first wife, a long story and all that, I came to New York and I was trying to find some work uh, in comics. And uh, because of my French publisher, I got like an introduction at DC Comics. I went to their offices and got to show my drawings. Uh, at the time. Uh, Phyllis Hume, who was in charge of their like foreign sales, a lovely lady, like uh, really helped me get in, get that appointment. And I met uh, Jim Shadwick, who was in charge of their production at the time, I believe that's what he was doing. And he told me, you know, so I'm waiting like all like, you know, just fresh from France, like in the DC Comics offices. And I'm like uh, with my drawings under my arm. And he's like telling me, well, listen, you know, don't be surprised if it doesn't work out. You know, we don't usually receive people here and all that. So I'm like, sure, absolutely. And I showed my drawings and he's like, do you mind if I call Archie Goodwin? I'm like, what? You know, I, I didn't say what. I was like, <gasps> you know, like, You're right. I'm like oh, no, I think it's okay. <laughs> no. So uh, Archie comes back and as always, like the, the just the sweetest man Um just gentle man like really like the, the the true meaning of the word i guess like that that's just like what he was 
And he came, he's like, hello, like very polite, very, very shy. Like, so was I. So there were always when we were talking, actually, big moments of silences because yeah. both of us were shy and not knowing what to say. Except he was Archie Goodwin, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just yeah. like that's. Uh, you shouldn't, you, you, he shouldn't be shy. Yeah, <laughs> no, but no, no. He was yeah. like, oh, God, the most unassuming, like interesting. And it's, I mean, it just, he had like all the qualities. He, he, he was one of those. I just loved him. I, it was so 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 sad when he when, when he died. It just like, and I haven't worked that long with him or like known him for long and all that, but just enough to to to, to get a f this this great feel from him. And so basically, he's the one who told me, "Oh, you know, I love what you do. You know, like, uh, would you like to work with us?" I'm like, yeah, "Sure." <laughs> you know, like, uh, that's what I'm here for. So that, that's how I started to work with DC and. Um, <clears throat> I let him down. We were working on a comic book adaptation of uh, Chris Claremont's novel at the time uh, called uh, First Flight. I remember that book. Yeah. And uh, there was like, uh, I was like taking way too long, like on the first pages, I was starting to, to, to stall basically. And um, he gave me one of the best advices ever. He told me, Christian, you know, like if you, um, if you continue that way, you know, I don't want that to see that, but you're going to starve to death. And uh, that's exactly what happened. I knew when he said it, that's well, for 10 years after that, I really, it was tough to, on me. I couldn't like handle like the, the workload. And, um, but I mean, I, I'm actually not the one who sank first flight. I just want to be clear on that. I would have, but that's not what happened. Actually, I want, let me take a, a second to clear that up because there's a, a legend going on. Like uh, not many people know it, thankfully, but like I, uh, at some point, like Chris and Archie, like got back to me and uh, said, we don't want to adapt the book anymore. We want to make an original series based on the same characters, a miniseries, it would be like story arcs of four issues. I mean, mm -hmm. we would like you to do the first one. So we were uh, going to Brooklyn for now lunch you, with Archie were, Goodwin, were, Chris Claremont. No, you were penciling or inking or inking at that I'm point. Doing both. You oh pencil yes. and ink. Oh, I wow. still have okay. uh, no, I don't have them, but I still I had like seven pages, I think, that were done. And uh, they look great when I look back on it, as far as I remember, for for me, I think they look great. And uh, anyway, we go f to lunch and we all decide like very happily that we're going to like just um, do this new miniseries. So the, the adaptation of the book, I was so slow, but it's all forgotten. I go back home like super excited. Chris tells me, um, I'll have the script for you in July. And it was, we were, I believe, in May or something like that. Uh, so I'm working, uh, I was working on a Lobo issue at the time or something like that, and I'm waiting, and then I'm turning on, down a Batman project, uh, Legend of the Dark Knight, that Archie wanted me to do on, on the side, like something else. In the meantime, I hear nothing. So at some point in July, like I go to DC Comics, I meet Stuart Moore, who was at the time working as a Vertigo editor. And I meet him in the offices and he's like, uh, we start chatting and for some reason he's like, uh, you know, I'm going to be the editor of First Flight and that. But they didn't tell you, like, it's been cancelled. Nobody, we're not going to do it. And so <laughs> that's what happened. I didn't drop the, 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 the thing. It's like uh, they 
dropped it without letting me know that that it would not happen. So you and didn't. I know you I can, I can prove it because I, okay. I managed to blackmail Stuart Moore for <laughs> all the first issues of Preacher, which I had missed, and he, he felt so bad <laughs> that he he went to his office. He gave me like all the first issue, like uh, issues of Preacher, which I really wanted to read anyway. So I felt I came out like a head. In that. <laughs> <laughs> you, won. you won. You won. Yeah. You won. You won. All right. Nice. So sorry about taking so long. Like, uh, yeah. Well, you know. Sometimes, <laughs> and now I don't know. I can only de- read them on the journal. I don't know if you're the same, but do you have time to read the complete? I always uh, make a selection. I, I've got no. I've got a stack of stuff I need to. I've, actually, I got a bookshelf full of stuff I need to. Read. Same here. But when I go to the gym, I grab one. Yeah. Except it's oh, yeah. never the one on top. So I'm like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah. I'm trying to pick the one I want. <laughs> oh man, I, I have been there. I have not voiced that. To oh shit! Ever, I don't but... want to read that one. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, oh, uh, actually, the moments pass. Actually, it sounds more like a merde, merde, merde. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap this one up. Um, uh, Mike, uh, obviously, uh, we can still see your work uh-huh. in, uh, in the pages of Green Arrow and Black Canary and Booster, Booster Gold. Gold. Uh, Christian, you are the, uh, the monthly uh, anchor on Green Lantern yes. with, uh, with Doug Mankey and, and Jeff Johns. So, uh, they're keeping you busy there. So oh, yeah. every everyone, uh, go out and 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 make sure to support those comics. Oh, uh, collected waiting place next week. That's, That's right. From or is it next week? Or I don't know when this. It comes is out. next week. IDW. 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 And how much of waiting place is being collected? In all that? of it. All, all of it. it. Plus oh, a new story. That's oh. my. Listen, Mike's co- the waiting place is the only comic that my wife had ever picked up. I left a trade out, and she read the first one, and then demanded to read the second one, and then demanded to read the third one, and then said, "Where's the next one?" And I said, can "There I isn't just, one." Can I just say that, that's great because I want my copy, and I want to buy it. If you know what I mean. Don't you find nice. just one second? Like, don't you find like wife's choices sometimes are very odd? You're trying to tell them, "Oh, you should read that. I think you'll like it," and all that. And then they come up one day, they pick up on top of the pile something, and like, "Oh, I really like yeah, that." Here's the Thing. And that could be whatever. Listen, you're like, I tried to get my wife to read uh, Fable. I, I tried to do all the traditional pick. Like people yeah, yeah, are yeah. like, oh, Fables. You think read she's this. gonna get the girly stuff? Yeah, of Fables. And then she picked Sorry, up. Andrew. And then she picked up. Uh, she picked up the Waiting <laughs> Place, which is pretty much. She's like, oh. Uh, she's like, oh, this takes place in Wisconsin because I'm from Wisconsin and yeah. we met in college in Wisconsin. So, ah, like, tête de fromage. Yeah, so like she was like, oh, I. I you oh. said something about cheese, didn't you? She said, oh, oh okay. it's, it's a, it's beautiful, it's good cheese up there. I can't wait to get up there this weekend. Some cheese and beer, and she, uh, she was like, oh, this takes place in Wisconsin. I'm like, yeah, it takes place like in a small town in Wisconsin. She's like, oh, she read it, and she's like. Oh, I like it. Was the first one that it was like the one that I didn't give her to read. It was the one that she just randomly picked up and was like, but that's true with most things. Like, how many things in life when someone jams it in your face? Michelle likes uh, lately, she's been into like the um, Superman All Star by Grant Morrison and uh, and Frank Wiley. I would have never thought she would be even remotely interested in that. I mean, I would have loved to, Uh. to tell her, oh, you should read that, it's great. And uh, we were like signing actually at Challengers like the, the, that one time, and she picked that up because she was waiting and bored. And she's like, "Oh, this is great! This looks beautiful and all that." She so just kind of picked it up on her yeah, own. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's just like the, the, the weirdest thing I would have never known. Maybe I should just lay out my All Star Superman just issues for my wife. Out. 
I guess it would be that everything be I've one. ever that suggested was you pretty should much just universally wear a robe and nothing yeah, else and let the issue slip out like slowly. <laughs> Hey, why don't you read this? Why is, this why is this comic book underneath my pillow? I don't <laughs> yeah. get this. No reason. No reason. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's, uh, let's wrap this one up. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Mike. Thank, Thank you, Chris. Tom. And Thank V you. for Vendetta. She likes V for Vendetta. Uh, my wife, Preacher. Only thing she's ever yeah. liked. Weird. Oh, you should be worried. You should be worried. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, I'm That's worried. That's not normal, dude. Let's feast again like we did last summer. <laughs> <laughs> That's in my let's, let's end it now on that. <laughs> I want to thank everyone for uh, the patience while we were on vacation. Uh, we're rusted, recharged, and ready to uh, to get back to uh, comic book talk. So this was a great first episode back. And uh, uh, I want to thank everyone once again for all the support with Windy City Comic Con and uh, and your com- and your continued support with Around Comics. Really appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, everyone. And uh, uh, we'll be back. Merci. <laughs> Merci. Merci. We. I know no French. <laughs> I'll give you props, audience. Now, now, what's French for cheese head again? Tête de fromage. There you go. It's God's country up there. I can't wait to get back up. <laughs> I, I only feel normal when I'm back in Wisconsin. It's the only time I feel I can drink and shoot. I went trap shooting. I'll tell you guys that. You drink and shoot? Shoot what? Uh, clay pigeons. It was ah, geez, another American gun-totting capitalist petit bourgeois. Well, <laughs> hey, listen, when, listen, you, you'd be shot... speaking German if it wasn't for us. <laughs> listen, when I shot the clay pigeons, there was no money that dropped out. And of them. you'd still drink tea if it wasn't for us. So you know, it's like, oh, he went back. Oh, damn, you went seventeen hundreds on us. Wow, right. that was a good one. All right, we'll be back again next uh, next Monday. Actually, we'll be back later this week with our uh, our JLA. Avengers Book Club episode, so check that out. And then we'll have our next regular Around Comics episode on Monday. In the meantime, in between time, we'll be everywhere <laughs> in and around, around comics. I said that like a robot, like Doug Mankey draws. Around comics, everywhere in and around. Oh, man, I'm in trouble. Oh, no, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> He's running here right he will, now. He will just, break just, you. Like, just a determined look on his face. From Minnesota, like the like that Terminator like, in Judgment Day. He's just like a twenty-hour run. <laughs> I can take it. Steady your boats, arms to shoulder, tilt sides or pole, or hold the gowns making this call. Views expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and may not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Any reproduction, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of Around Comics is strictly prohibited. All content presented in this program is the sole property of Around Comics, and this has been an Around Comics production, copyright 2009.